0: Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and my guest this week is Stephanie Freed, chief marketing officer at Fandom. Fandom might just be the biggest online platform you've never heard of, where millions of people gather each month to discuss and debate their favorite franchises from Star Wars to Marvel. Freed joined the company in 2019 to codify the Fandom brand. In addition to spearheading the company's first major branding effort last summer, she leads 70 people across both B2C and B2B marketing, focused on making fandom a go-to destination for both fans and advertisers. Freed shares her plans for fandom in this episode, including using the platform's reams of first-party data on fan preferences to fuel both relevance for advertisers and movie studios and content creators alike. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me today. So of course, before we started this interview, I was stalking your LinkedIn and I saw that you are also a University of Michigan alum. So hello to a fellow Wolverine.
1: Hello to you. I hope that you're as excited as I am about the
0: game tomorrow night. I am. I I have to admit, I have not been a very good Michigan fan in terms of watching the games, but I'm always cheering in spirit.
1: (laughs) Yes. Tomorrow, Sweet 16, I'm actually going in person in San Antonio. So I'm super excited about it. And I have all my Michigan gear. I'm a huge fan. So oh my it's going to be awesome.
0: That's awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy it. That's There's nothing like being in a crowd of Michigan fans. Oh, I know. The best. <laughs> all right. Well, everyone you know hates how much Michigan people love Michigan. So we can move on from <laughs> this. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about fandom. I think, you know, it's sort of it's not a new platform, but I think our listeners would maybe benefit from like sort of an overview of what it is, and, and sort of who your audience is, and and then we can talk about what um you know what you're doing as a brand.
1: Of course, yeah, you know i I usually say Fandom is one of the biggest brands that you haven't heard of, and you've definitely been there. Uh, but basically, Fandom is the world's largest fan platform, and we're on a mission at Fandom to be the fan's first choice for community experience. And what that means more specifically or why you've been there but maybe haven't heard of us is that we have over 300 million fans who come to us every month to deep dive into their favorite TV shows, movies, gaming and anime and all of the imagined worlds that they love. So people go to Google and they search for Luke Skywalker or Maddie Perez from Euphoria or Creepers from Minecraft And fandom is gonna be the first search result on Google. It's gonna always be first. And the reason it's first is because our content is so deep. It's really the deepest information on these imagined worlds in the world, anywhere you could go. So we're always recognized as first. And as a result, millions of people visit every single day, across our 250,000 communities and 40 million pages of content that goes super deep on every character and storyline, game level, and franchise. Um, Just as an example, MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have 28,924 pages of content. And each of those pages is an infinite scroll deep. So incredible amount of information. That is a
0: lot of content. Yeah. <laughs> People love their Marvel. Uh, no, that's, that's really cool. Um, so I guess who would you say like your audience is? What's, what's the, I mean, everyone's passionate about different things, right? So do you have like a wide, a broad audience or is it mostly a younger audience?
1: Yeah, we. I mean, we do have a, a broad and wide audience. We our median age is thirty-one, so skewing a little bit younger, and we tend to kind of top entertainment brands when it comes to you know Gen Z and millennials for sure. Um, but because we are so broad and deep, and because you know everyone, you know most people, ninety-nine percent of people love something passionately in television, movies, gaming. We also have books communities. We have music communities and sports communities. Um, So really, you know, anything that someone's very passionate about in the world of fandoms, they're going to end up with us, um, right? But, you know, certainly in terms of people coming back again and again and again in terms of page views, The more kind of rabid fans are going to come back more frequently, um, and so we might see those over index in terms of page views, as an example. More Mm of the younger audiences,
0: and so when you talk about all the content you have, all these you know, pages 40 million, I think you said pages, what is it? Is it UGC? Is it you know, articles from the web? Talk about like the way that people are sort of communicating and sharing information on fandom,
1: yeah, of course. So, yeah. So basically the core of, of who we are, at least on our fandom.com platform is, is wikis and wikis really are similar to Wikipedia. It's people coming and sharing everything that they know and love about that franchise. So, you know, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec, it's one of my favorite shows, every single detail about who Leslie Nope is. Right. And so, they're coming, they're sharing that passion. They want other people to be able to access that, to be able to lean in more and get more engaged. I actually saw um, uh, Amy Poehler on a, a show. I think it was um, Seth, I can't remember. Seth, What what's his name? The late night show host. Oh, Byron. Seth- Beth my Thank you. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> she was actually talking about her fandom for ER and how she'd gone to fandom, which was like everything was coming full circle for me. Mm-hmm. But basically, be, you know, the fans are so passionate, they write about it. And then they're also so passionate that they don't want anything to be inaccurate, right? So they're editing things, they're adding things every time something comes out. Um, they're, they're adding to this like lore, an archive of information. And so it's always fresh and updated. And it's always very accurate because you have so many eyeballs on it. Um, so it's a real trusted, thorough place for deep information. Um, we also have other ways to connect with your fandoms as part of that. But the core really that, that grounds you know, who we are and the value to our fans is those wikis. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the core of those 40 million pages. We also have, we do have articles, we have editorial, we have videos and honest trailers, which is a huge franchise for us. But really the core that we build around is that reference wiki ecosystem.
0: What are the honest trailers?
1: So honest trailers are kind of lighthearted spoofs on different movies and TV shows and games. So they kind of make fun of um, the shows in a really fun way. It's like the trailer that the studio never wanted you to see is the premise. And they they've won Emmys, they've won Webby's and, you know, they've gotten a lot of attention. Like Ryan Reynolds tends to like interact with them a lot and has actually even been in some of them for Deadpool, for example. Uh, and kind you know how he likes to kind of play with pop culture a bit mm-hmm. and have a conversation back and forth and make it fun. These are just really fun takes on your favorite shows. There's like a great friends one that we recently did Um, But there is thousands of them and they're just really fun um, takes on like a fake trailer.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is, he's a master marketer that guy on top of everything else. Oh my gosh. Yes, he is. So talk a little bit about like as the CMO, um, like you said, fandom is the biggest, biggest online platform brand that like no one's ever heard of. So what is your... um, What is your focus right now on elevating the brand, getting the word out there? And then how do you differentiate in the sense that, you know, I'm sure there's communities on Reddit that you could find information on like entertainment franchises. And then there's TikTok hashtags you could follow. Like, how do you make fandom the destination for this?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, I see my job... In, in, you know, being a few things, which is, you know, number one, understanding our audiences. So our, our fans, our creators, so the UGC component, our partners and advertisers and our employees, and what does our brand mean to each of those groups? So, you know, what is our USP, our, our um, unique selling proposition and value prop for them? And how does that match with their needs, right? So, what are the needs? How do people interact with fandom, with entertainment and gaming? How can we deliver against that? And what do we want them to know? Um, so, how do we weave that through? Not just what stories we tell, but what products we build, what services we build, and how our platform is evolving and growing. What investments we make and acquisitions we make, etc. You know, I think it's interesting because how and where brand plays a role. We're in this really unique position where, you know, for a lot of brands without a brand name, without people being aware of who you are and what you represent, you don't sell any products. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're selling mattresses, um, I always I think of uh, mattresses because of Casper for some reason, but, you know, mm-hmm. and, and no one knows about you. You have to do a lot of marketing, right? You have to do a lot of paid marketing. You have to get people to know who you are, why you're unique and differentiated, why they should buy from you. Um, And we certainly want to do that. But we also inherently have an audience because of how strong our content is and how trusted our content is. So we have people coming to us 300 million plus a month without knowing our brand because what we do has so much value. And so really, it's about, for us, how we reinforce that and how we drive engagement. And I think brand is an important part of how we do that um, and how we service our fans, our creators, our partners, and our employees as well. Um, But it's also about how who we are informs what we're doing and making sure that that's consistent, that people feel like they're in a place that makes sense. Mm. You know, we do talk about how we're differentiated versus other platforms. I think a a big one for us is our trust and safety Um, guidelines, certainly, but also just the kind of truth of what we represent and the fact that opinion or toxicity or, you know, saying, "I, I hate this. It's not part of what we do. It's not part of our platform, really. It's about the facts and it's about the people who love it. So you don't get a lot of that toxic conversation. Um, and we have a lot of rules around that as well um, in terms of fair representation and making sure that people feel very safe, that Phantom's a place for belonging where you feel comfortable and you feel welcome just because you're a fan. And that's really important to us. And I think it's a real key differentiator for us um, in the market, especially today where there's so much you know, hate, online hate everywhere. I'm actually part of a, um, ANA initiative around that of trying to actually get rid of online hate. And that's a very big focus for us at Phantom, a very big part of our brand and who we are.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you keep the platform clean? Like, is there, I'm sure, you know, there is some of that stuff that pops up and you have to manage it, right? Like not everyone's going to be like all perfect and, uh, appropriate all the time. So what, what sorts of things do you do to keep that like sort of pristine um, brand around around fandom? And then, you know, I'm sure that's a big part of the way you position the platform to advertisers.
1: Yeah. So we, you know, we have a, a trust and safety group. We have trust and safety guidelines that have to be followed. And we have monitoring systems and partners Um, that are certainly scraping in an automated way um, across the platform. However, I think we also have a really unique um, situation where we have admins and editors of every single one of our communities who are extremely engaged, who are awesome partners for us. Anything that pops up, they're also going to see it and it's going to be a point of discussion. Um, And so Anything that comes up, we had recently a, a dead naming incident on one of our wikis and right away that came to the forefront. Right away, you know, we went to our guidelines and right away we made sure that we were following those and that we were inclusive and that we were sticking to our values and our guidelines for our brand. So we have a lot of hand raisers across the platform who are super passionate uh, about also maintaining the safe environment. So we also have that added benefit of feeling like ownership and investment in the platform.
0: Mm. And when you find that someone violates the policies, are you quick to kick them off the platform or how do you react?
1: We are. Yeah. Yeah. We in, in the de- dead naming incident that I mentioned, we we actually did um, remove um, s- some of the admins and editors and they, they were actually banned um, and that was a decision that we made. Sometimes the admins and editors will vote on certain things of what they want to do, how they set the rules and the guidelines for their wikis. But then we basically also have these guidelines for the most kind of important aspects that we see about what is the right type of content to be on our platform and those have to be followed. And so when that is not followed, though, that person or those people will be
0: banned um, from the platform. Okay. Interesting. Cause I know some other platforms don't like to ban people as quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. So one thing, um, you know, going back to brand building last summer, fandom rebranded, Talk about, um, you know, why that was the right time for a fresh look and what you were trying to accomplish there.
1: You know, I think the time was right for us because we were at a bit of an inflection point. We had just brought all of our wikis onto a single unified platform. So we had bought some other wiki brands, brought them all together onto one platform and one brand. We were strengthening, strengthening our relationships with our creators. So... know, all of these admins and editors that I talked to, really bringing them together into this community council and doing a lot with them around these connect events that we do. Our trust and safety guidelines and initiatives and basically taking more of a stand for this is what we stand for. This is what we represent just organically. And then we had also begun to build Additional you know, marketing channels and communication channels and ways to actually talk to our fans in different ways, like our email program, for example. And then we were also experiencing a lot of growth, so we we're kind of moving to a, a more mature company and stage of our company. And it's interesting because you know when I arrived and this was all happening, I actually didn't call it a rebrand; I called it a brand because we'd never really. On brand before. So it wasn't actually redoing something. It was doing it for the first time. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, the way that I thought about it was it wasn't about we're going to, you know, change our logo and we're going to come out with like a big advertising campaign. We're going to spend millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, and everyone's going to know who fandom is. But it was really even just about a shared understanding of who we are and what we represent across our stakeholders and making sure that everyone was on the same page. And I think it drove a few things for us, a few key things. So number one, as I talked about it, a shared understanding and connected communication and messaging across all of our touch points. So how are we talking about fandom? What were fans going to learn about us? What were advertisers going to learn about us? What were creators going to believe about us? And then we also, as we were growing making acquisitions, you know understanding how to prioritize different initiatives within the business really wanted more of a lens for the growth of our company so what we, what should we be doing and why should we be doing it right what are we building what are we acquiring and why how does it fit into the brand? And then finally employee pride um, was really important so you know especially you know I think right now with everyone being so disconnected, how do we give everyone something to believe in something to get inspired by something that makes sense in terms of what we're doing and why, and why they should be really proud to be part of fandom. Um, So this was another important, you know, piece was internal as well as external.
0: Hmm, Interesting. So talk a little bit. I feel like, you know, you, you're overseeing like marketing from a lot of different perspectives, right? Like, you know, building the brand, internally and externally for employees and and users and then also overseeing the brand for advertisers like as as an ad platform so talk about like how do you structure your team um you know how many people do you oversee and how do you sort of like compartmentalize and 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 strategize across all the different areas
1: yeah of course i love these types of questions because i actually love org structure
0: um (laughs) you and me both i know it's I'm
1: kind of a nerd when it comes to org structure um, because I'd love to talk about it and debate it and, you know, move things around and be flexible. Because I I think different companies, you know, certainly have different needs and the structure and the centers of excellence and, um, you know, what you're building versus buying. Those things are so, so important to be Mm -hmm. strategic about. So the way that my team, so my team is about uh, about 70 people. Um, We have, we've talked a lot about our fan platform. We also have Fanatical, which is a PC gaming commerce business. We also have a a tabletop business with a Dungeons and Dragons business called D&D Beyond, um, which is digital tools to play Dungeons and Dragons. And we also have a business called Cortex, which is a role-playing game, gaming engine with a brand that we just launched called Tales of Zadia, which is after Dragon Prince, which is a great show on Netflix. Um, So we also have other brands. We have direct-to-consumer side of our business as well, as well as the more media-focused fandom brand. Um, But the way that I structure my team is I have basically two vertical um, groups. So I have a B2C marketing group, And they are basically brand, they are audience development, which is email, social, Mm -hmm. SEO. They are performance marketing and user acquisition, right, sponsorships. So all of our paid initiatives as well. And that's our consumer marketing group. And then our other vertical is the B2B marketing group which is our sales marketing, our overall kind of partnership relationship marketing and our um, sales research as well. So all of our insights for advertisers, right? And external audiences. And then I have four horizontal teams and they cut across, they support both of those B2C and B2B marketing groups. They also support other teams throughout the company as centers of excellence. And those teams are brand design, which is designing everything that we do around our brand. They own the visual identity of our brand and how that plays out across our environments, our offices, our PowerPoint templates, our events and experiences, our newsletters, our social messaging, etc. And then I have a research and analytics team that's doing... All of our BI, our business intelligence for the organization, our site analytics, how we're forecasting our audience, understanding the traffic, um, which has been very interesting and difficult throughout the past couple of years in particular, and Mm -hmm. as that's changed a ton, marketing analytics, understanding our performance marketing spend and our other channels, our LTV, um, you know, our ROAS, how much we're spending and why, and then product analytics, which is working with our product team to make sure that we're delivering the best products and experiences, AB testing, um, et cetera. Then I have an experience um, experiential and custom solutions team, and they're building out some amazing experiences that we've done for advertisers at all of the different cons, gaming conventions, et cetera, as well as our internal events and experiences and some you know brand experiences as well, and then our larger custom solutions. So developing all of our concepts for our huge partnerships with advertisers around branded content, et cetera. And then finally, communications. Um, So communications is really about corporate communications, PR, internal communications, and really how we talk about what we do externally and internally.
0: That's a lot you um, are <laughs> <we're> overseeing <laughs> a lot. It is a lot of work. I'm very busy. The team is awesome. And yeah, we're super busy. I can only imagine. So how do you like as a, as a, as a leader, how do you prioritize? Like how do you sort of make sure you're overseeing all these different functions while, um, you know, being able to balance them?
1: Yeah. So that's super important. And it's part of what we do during our strategic planning You know as an organization so we start with our company goals so what are those big rocks those big goals that we want to reach as an organization and that helps kind of focus the organization on what are the we call them big rocks what are those big rocks that we're going after my marketing team goals take that down one level to how our team specifically is leaning in to reach and hit those goals And then the team goals and the individual goals also ladder up. Um, And so we're really relentlessly focused on those priorities. We have biweekly meetings where we come together on engagement and revenue, and we make sure that for those big rocks, those key initiatives and priorities, we are delivering, we're communicating, um, we are aligned, and we're making an impact. So measurement is a big part of that as well, but that's how we basically focus And it's, you know, it's important, I would say, not just within our organization, but because marketing, you know, I call this kind of like the web that connects an organization, because we are basically in there supporting every different team and every different initiative. And so we're really well integrated, we have to be very aligned, right? We have to be very aligned with what sales is taking to market. We have to be very aligned with what product is building. We have to be very aligned with what our community team is doing with creators, right? And we're fueling all of those initiatives. So our goals have to be really tightly and closely aligned across the organization as well. So we need to have a lot of rigor around our areas of focus for the organization, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the marketing pieces that help deliver fuel and accelerate those initiatives.
0: And so obviously fandom is, is in a growth period right now and it's looking to build its brand. So what are your plans for the marketing organization? Like, are you going to, are you growing the team? What sorts of, um, you know, campaigns and initiatives are you looking at for, for the rest of the year?
1: Yeah. Um, so we are, we are growing the team and, you know, we're growing the organization in general because we're, you know, in hyper growth mode. Um, But we're focused on uh, a, a couple key things this year. And certainly our resourcing is aligned with those priorities. So number one is really bringing our data or our fan DNA, which is what we call kind of our proprietary data to life for consumers and partners in a much bigger way. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. And the second piece is really evolving our fan platform. We want to push further towards becoming the fans first choice for community experience and doing that by you know, really expanding outside of reference to be a kind of one-stop shop for a fan um, and their, their fan identity. And I'll talk about that too. I think for fan DNA, which is something I'm just particularly passionate about and was really one of the key reasons that I came to Phantom because I was so excited about our data. I have a research background, so mm-hmm. I love data and I love providing insights and, you know, try, trying to drive towards like what's next, right. And develop what's right for consumers. So fan DNA, we have trillions of data points on what fans care about, right. We uniquely understand not just what's popular, but why it's popular what characters are resonating, what storylines are appealing, what weapons they like to use, what levels they're trying to conquer. And then we understand how all of these pieces fit together in that fan ecosystem. So we have a really, really deep and unique understanding of fans. Um, And so fan DNA has a ton of potential to do a few things for us. So number one, to drive better engagement through personalization and recommendations. Number two, better advertising. Through proprietary micro targets, right? Unique audiences who are going to love the message that's put in front of them. And then deeper insight through better understanding fans, fans' needs, fan trends. Um, You know, we're already partnering with a lot of our top tier advertisers and partners, and we provide them with customized insights around their audiences and campaigns. And this is FanDNA Insights. But we're going even further because there's opportunities to support not just the ad placements and how they're reaching audiences, but also to fuel the programming and development teams, which shows they should be making, right? The streaming mm-hmm. providers, for example, are spending, you know, 20000000000 dollars on new shows. Well, we have insight that can help make those shows better. Right and help them resonate more, help them retain users more. All of the things that they're looking to do. Licensing teams, right? What um, merchandise should they be creating? What games should they be developing around their key, you know, TV series? And then marketing teams, not just kind of in that last mile of getting attention for a big launch. But even identifying audiences starting to build their marketing strategy and their messaging and their collateral, like how do they do that in a more data informed way? So we have a lot of that great information on book series and what might turn into the best new TV show. A lot of them actually come out of book series that we have 20 years mm-hmm. of data and um, what characters to integrate in the spinoff. I mean, there's so many different examples. You know, you're a streamer and you're streaming games and you want to know what weapons you should use because fans are going to be more interested in it because those are the weapons that fans care about the most. So we're working to build a platform, a self-serve platform um, that will encompass all of these insights and really going beyond our advertising partnerships to really unlock the value of this insight
0: to make better content for mm-hmm. fans, that's that's really cool. I um I I definitely when you were talking about that, from my first thought was like, oh, advertisers will will be all over that uh, first party data on on engaged fan communities. But then the the movie studio piece is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you know we've talked to you know, we've done a lot of um, meetings, kind of going beyond. You know, working with our advertisers, for sure, we've had advertisers who are coming back to us now just based on our data, like asking proactively um, for research and data and wanting to pay more for that, which is super exciting. But, you know, we've had discussions with development teams as well. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you're sitting on a goldmine here. Um, and, And I really do think because it goes kind of across... Brands as well, right? It's not just Netflix. It's not just Hulu, right? It goes across so we can kind of see a larger ecosystem and have, you know, deeper insights to help inform, you know, the interrelationships, for example, between those streaming platforms. So it's super exciting. I mean, you can probably tell just by how I talk about it that I'm really passionate about this and, and the power of this data and getting it in the hands of the right people that, you know, can help, make fan, you know, content for fans better, um, which I'm a fan myself. So I'm excited about that. Um, And then I think, you know, the second part that I talked about is really around what we call fan identity. Um, So really helping fans experience um, the fandoms that they love as a fan, like who you are as a fan, what your fandoms say about you, what you want to say about them and how you can bring that together into an immersive platform. So we're building out personalized fan experiences and new ways to really interact with fandoms and connect around them. So we're launching quizzes in the next quarter, which helps fans see how much they know and how much more they have to learn, which they can also do with us, but basically kind of deepening that experience with their fandoms and then connecting their fandoms and that reference all the way through to purchase. So making it easier to find and experience your next fandom through recommendations and commerce. I talked about Fanatical, our PC gaming commerce platform. We have a ton of those games on the fandom platform. How do we connect the dots for people? How do we help them discover and then buy um, their you know next favorite game? And so that's a real opportunity for us to bring all of that together for fans as well.
0: Yeah, that all sounds super, super cool and exciting. And I know you have a background, like you said, in research, but also like at at big media companies, Condé Nast, Discovery, NBC. How do you see like fandom? uh, What's different about a place like fandom? It's a different kind of media property. What are you noticing about maybe like where the industry is going compared to where it has been?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that... Fandom, you know, I was also at Vivo, which is probably a little bit more like fandom than the other bigger brands because it was, you know, similarly a pretty immature, not very well-known brand, a brand that people would discover through YouTube naturally, you know, and I remember we would do these you know, user testing and focus groups and things and in like Vivo would be right on the screen and we would say, you know, what brand is this associated with? And we couldn't get them to say Vivo, but we were, you know, generating hundreds of millions of views. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's a kind of a similar phenomenon of where there's a true like value that you're delivering to fans, but the brand isn't necessarily an important part of that because there's other drivers. So I think that's probably, you know, thinking about it, that the closer experience, although I would say that, um, you know, in many of these cases, in many of these organizations, because I've always been in digital, you know, especially when I arrived at NBCU, digital was super nascent. Like We were talking about connected TVs, and it was like 0.001% of homes had them, you know. And so we were the centralized group working across all of the brands and bringing this digital knowledge and expertise and in really building that expertise. And it was the same thing, you know, even going into discovery and certainly cutting Nas. And so I think I've always played that role of kind of transformation builder and in building teams and bringing in new centers of excellence to help understand and connect with digital audiences. Um, so in those ways, I think it's pretty similar here at Fandom. Obviously, you have kind of that DNA within the organization for the most part already. Like everyone's working on a digital platform. And there's definitely a deeper understanding. You're not trying to pull people from a more traditional you know, business. Um, so that exists. But I think in terms of like growing and building, certainly like marketing functions and capabilities, that's pretty similar. And so... You know, I think I've used kind of my understanding of, of what's worked structurally in different organizations, how you structure around you know, multiple brand organizations versus single brand organizations, centers of excellence, embedded resources, dotted lines and matrices and things uh-huh. like that. I think I've definitely learned a lot from those experiences that I've brought to fandom as well to set us up for success.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like you've definitely come into fandom and, and created this this really, uh, you know, tight matrix kind of structure. And um, it's, it's exciting. And as you know, as a as a change agent that you are like, what, what can we expect to see from fandom going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just big pushes around fan DNA and our data and insights. We, you know, want to kind of fuel the conversation and around pop culture and bring some more interesting insight to not just, wow, this new Marvel movie is super hot, but like, why? Mm-hmm. What do people care about? What's behind that? And I think we have a really unique um, set of data, certainly, and insights to tell a really interesting story and help uncover what's, what's behind those fandoms in a deeper way. And so definitely working on accelerating that and enabling, again, like that kind of SaaS platform tool um, so that the insights can be part of entertainment and gaming company strategies, Um, in in a bigger way. And then, you know, I think for the fan platform of how we evolve beyond the reference wiki content that's so strong to enable fan experiences to deepen and expand is just another thing that I'm really excited about um, and how we can play a bigger role in fans' lives. With that certainly comes a deeper understanding of the brand Um, you know, hopefully stronger awareness of the brand because right now when people come in, they're usually going to a specific wiki and those wikis are so well branded because we do such a great job of being immersive and making that immersive world like Wikipedia for star Wars but we also want people to discover and see the connections of all of these worlds that are connected to each other. And so as part of that evolution of our platform, Brand will become, you know, a more important, more front and center piece of starting to build that engagement and loyalty in an even deeper way.
0: Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Um sounds like really interesting stuff you're doing at fandom. And I will definitely be following along to see what's next. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having
1: me. This was a super fun conversation.
0: That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.